Bill Whittle. Uh, don't, yes. don't, you can't start with a yawn. That's not acceptable. <laughs> it's my, my show. I can start it on a boat. Because hmm. oh, actually my topic them. is yawn. My topic is kind of yawn inspiring. Um, <laughs> I'll probably catch some, some hell for this, but I don't care. So the space launch system cleared the pad in, 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 mm. the, in, in the dark of night. And I Beautiful think the first launch. thing we ought to do is rename Artemis, Project Artemis into, into Project Pyrus, right? After famous <laughs> King Pyrus of uh, of Epirus, who won a victory over the Romans that cost him so badly, he said one more victory like this, and, and and we'll all be we'll all be lost. Yeah. Now, now it, to be clear, it, it, Bill, because nobody has heard of the space launch system, can you just give a one sentence description of what you're talking about? Because nobody's well, paying okay. attention to this. Okay, uh, the definition of a boat is a hole in the water surrounded by wood into which one pours money. And in, in the case of the space launch system, uh, it's the same thing, except it's it's a cylinder in Florida into which one pours money and then sets it on fire. It's a it's a gigantic quarry of fossilized idea into which pour, one pours money and sets it on fire. Yeah. Um, so King Pyrus, of course, is the person who gave us the idea of a pyric a pyric victory, a victory that yeah. that hurts you so bad that that it's it's a tantamount to a defeat. So, so I watched this thing lift off, and and there's just so many sensations that I had. The first one that just kept ringing in my head, like somebody's banging me on the head, watching this thing go, was I said, "This is so 20th century." Yeah, you know, this is just so 20th century. And you've got the guy doing it, and you know, and 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 uh, and uh, SOS has cleared the pad. We rise again together, something like that, mm. right? You know, oh wow, that's that's really good. You guys must have spent two hundred million dollars just on that alone. <laughs> so off it goes. You get this close up. It's dark of night, of course, and yeah. cloudy, so you don't ever get to see the thing. Frankly, I would have thought that, given the amount of time that this thing is late, you might want to shoot it off at a point where you could actually see it. You know, that's what I would have done if. Unless it's the only launch window available to one the of moon. my colleagues said they they wanted to make sure that it would work, so they didn't want to do it when most people would be watching TV. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So you so so you see the 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 bottom of the of the booster, and now you have HD cameras. You didn't back when the shuttle was flying. Yeah, you so now you got oh, I got a good look at these things that we're about to throw away now, and um and <laughs> off it goes, and then the solid rocket boosters ignite. You know. And and when those things lit up, I just I just said to myself, I don't like solid rocket boosters. I no. never like solid rocket boosters. They're dangerous in there. And and once you start them, it's like a bottle rocket. Once you light that thing, it's not stopping. It's yeah. it's it, there's just nothing you can do. And so you got this, and you got the orange foam taken off, and all all of the rest of this recipe. Yeah, it looked for, like it was rusty. Well, it looked like it was designed from shuttle parts, which which it was precisely what the it is. The best part and, is they took so, the shuttle's reusable engines and made them disposable. Right. We've had that conversation, which is beyond imagination. Yeah. Now, the good news is, of course, they're going to be building new ones. And the new ones, I think, are going to cost, is it $10 million? No, $25 million? I don't remember. No, it's it's some number. It's some number that you can build 80 Raptors for. Yeah. Right. It's really that is it, for one engine. So I'm watching all this stuff going up into the sky and all this other stuff. And then, and it's, you know, the whole thing. I mean, it may sound extremely trivial to you, but to a guy who's, who, 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 who's, would have been like a really great voice of mission control and, and all that other stuff, it's not. 
for just as a series of small examples, right? That first of all, the graphics of the thing in space, they look yeah. like they were done in 1992. And it's just appallingly bad. Just awful. Dated. Awful. And and when I say little things, it's like when you watch the SpaceX launch, right? You've got this arc, and this arc is moving, and here's a little cursor, a little carrot. And as the arc comes along, it's like here's main uh, main engine ignition, right? Ooh. And then and then it creeps along and it creeps along. And then here comes, you know, uh, oh, here comes the here comes the SRB detach the, the boosters detachment, right? NASA had the same kind of a line with dots, but it wasn't moving. No. It was like checkpoint here, that checkpoint here. How much longer to the checkpoint? Nobody knows. Nobody, they yeah. couldn't figure out how to do the graphics, right? It, it and then and then this woman comes on, and she gave a speech that was about as rousing as as the speech you would expect at um, on casual Friday when you're when you exceeded your sales uh, projections by you know a percent and a half. You know, this is your day. No one could take it away from you. Golf clap. You know, and. And you, we were talking on on the other uh, on on Steve segment on this uh, right angle session about Twitter and and Musk saying uh, extraordinary performance will now be the minimum passing grade. And I'm looking at these people in Mission Control, and I'm and I'm saying I can see on their faces, right? You can tell, even though this thing has cleared the pad, I didn't see a I didn't see a enthusiastic face in there. I saw some relief. You know, Meanwhile, I saw there's some like a roaring crowd over at uh, at Starship City or whatever they call it in Texas when they right. launch Star another base. of their many dozens of satellite launches. <laughs> because right. it's because it's again we talked about this on Steve's uh, uh, Twitter segment because and, and as Scott mentioned, employee satisfaction consists primarily of make, feeling like you're making a difference. And the reason I'm so down on SLS is not even because of the cost of the SLS, and it's not even because of the way the system was run. It's crystal clear to me that four, three years ago, Elon Musk said we, he would be making a translunar flight in 2022. And it's 2022's pretty much run out. And the reason he hadn't done it is not because he wasn't ready. The reason he hadn't done it was because the FAA and then NASA grounded his space program for 18 months. And the reason they grounded his space mm. program for 18 months was to protect their $5 billion boondoggle, yeah. right? If, if it turns out that somebody is one, running ahead and winning the race, then the only thing you can do if you're NASA or Bezos for that matter is throw some chains on that guy to slow him down so that you're inferior lackluster, poorly managed program has a chance against Jesse Owens, who's just leaving you in the dust, right? So so that's why I'm so against um, SLS. And you're right on the production values of this thing, because one of the, I noticed a couple things about this, and I'm, I'm no space genius like you guys, but I'm watching this and I'm thinking, first of all, I've watched dozens of launches and I know where you can stick a camera. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> NASA was not- I know where Boeing can stick a camera. Was not able to stick a camera anywhere, but on the ground or something. And the I felt like the announcer was going, okay, listen, you're going to have to take my word for it. Things are going real good up there in the dark clouds. <laughs> and, and then if you're watching SpaceX, you hear mission control audio. All and, of it. and then there's an announcer who will note, like explain sometimes things that mission control said or say, hey, coming up, we're, we're going to Miko, which is main engine cutoff. And that means that this happens, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the max Q, maximum dynamic pressure on the vehicle and all this kind of stuff. 
you hear the real call. So you feel like you're really there. NASA, for some reason, chose to have their announcer listening to, uh, to mission control and then telling us what was said, but we couldn't hear it. You know, you know why they didn't run it live from, you know why you didn't hear the actual flight controllers? Because when, because when they passed through BASQ, the actual, the actual, the reason they didn't broadcast what was actually being said was the, the guy would say, and we're past max Q. And then you'd hear the guy go, we actually, it, it, went through, it, it made it through max Q? Are you serious? Max Are you Q? serious? Well, and this really? Is, this is a difference. Holy crap. A government contractor like. I just Boeing lost 50 bucks. And, and a fast moving company like, uh, like SpaceX. SpaceX iterates the, the Falcon the Falcons they're launching now are not the same as the Falcons they were originally Falcon 9s they were originally launching. Uh, they just they keep making steady, small, in incremental improvements, uh, like like the Toyota way. Every year it's they Kaizen, try to make their yeah. cars two percent Like the entire better. space program. Yes, right? Boeing you have is Mercury a and contractor. They yeah, you got a suborbital Mercury, in. then you got Mercury, then you got Gemini, then you got an orbital Apollo, then you got a translunar Apollo, then you got a translunar Apollo with them. You, you, you step by step by step. Yes. yes, exactly. So, so SLS got locked in years and years ago. So it didn't matter that they saw SpaceX launching with these high def cameras pointing all over the place, giving people thrills a minute. They're just like, well, that's not in the budget. It's not in the specs. So. <laughs> it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. We spent seven billion dollars on this launch, but yeah. those boy, those those GoPro cameras, they just they just put us over the well, top. And you're you like, know? you're the two hundred bucks for those things. You're the average viewer, and you're saying, okay, NASA, let me just explain something to you. I could see the radio screen display on the Tesla that was leaving Earth orbit, the convertible <laughs> Tesla that was leaving. I could read that. Uh, why is it? Why didn't? Why is it that I can't even see the rocket on your on your launch? <laughs> right. Okay. So you launch through a cloud deck at nighttime. That's that's your business. But once the things. Once the thing's out of the atmosphere, it doesn't even have to get into orbit. You you go to external cameras. Remember all the, the shots of the fairings coming off? Oh, yeah. You've seen hundreds and hundreds in of space. <laughs> right. So so my main problem is is twofold. The 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 theoretical, philosophical, moral problem is, is that this is an enormous, enormous financial investment in technology that was obsolete when it was first flown in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest problem. It costs a fortune and it doesn't work. And even if it does work, it doesn't work nearly as well as anything new. And the fact is they're not doing anything new. That's what NASA is supposed to be about. That's what space flight's about. Let's push the envelope. No, let's not push the envelope. Let's collapse the envelope. Let's, let's, let's. Put some extra cardboard in the envelope so that nothing in the envelope gets damaged. I mean, this is this but is the, the most uh, visual illustration of the old phrase "reinventing the wheel." I mean, this is like literally NASA's mission now is to do what they did fifty years ago. Yes, oh, yeah, it, which was nothing. This is just, which was nothing. Which was to follow John Glenn's orbital path around the Earth. This is what we did uh, seventy years, sixty uh, years ago. Artemis One is Apollo Eight, but without any people. Yeah. Yeah, it's Apollo 8 without many people. And now we get into the details of why this sucks, right? The main problem I have with Artemis is since this thing has succeeded, now they'll be able to – they'll be incentivized to continue to slow down SpaceX with regulation and bureaucracy yeah. and all the rest of this stuff, right? So that they're – so sad. that their crummy program that that's 50, 60 years behind the times can, can succeed. But – but Steve, we, was it last – it was sometime in the last week or so when you were saying that 
so there's a term called man rating a, a, a space vehicle, yeah. right? You 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 can you can launch a space vehicle that carries cargo with significantly less confidence than one that has to carry people. If yeah. you've got something that's carrying people, you have to, it's it's man rating the thing that's that that is a higher much it's, higher it's level. A, it, it's a of much confidence. higher bar to clear. Right. It's yeah. a much higher bar to clear. And we were saying, you were saying, well, you know, well, Musk didn't man rate, um, didn't go to the trouble of man rating Falcon Heavy. And the reason he didn't have to man rate Falcon Heavy was because by the time Falcon Heavy was launched, he had its replacement test yeah. flying. Yeah. He, he, didn't, he didn't get 10 years of Falcon Heavy and so now maybe it's time to move on. Now, by the time this thing was ready to go, he was already on the next one. And so the question now becomes, if you just look at SLS as it's designed, forget about the fact that you're throwing away reusable engines, right? What will it take to man rate that booster? They decided they're going to do a translunar mission. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. Is the booster man rated? Is the capsule man rated? No. If you really were serious about this being a space program and not and not a standing army for taxpayers uh, to, to keep uh, government officials employed, the first thing you would do is you probably, if you were really smart, is you, you'd buy a bunch of Falcon 9s and you'd put your capsule on it and see if the damn capsule was, was man-rateable, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what they're basically saying is, we're going to throw long and go all the way around the moon but it's not like you can just take the next mission and put guys on this thing. Yeah, yeah. The amount of work you have to do from this point forward should have been done before before you do this translunar mission. So everything about it is bass backwards. Everything about it is is all about publicity and and all about you know it's it's like you know what it's like honestly. Watching NASA now is like watching season 33 of The Simpsons. That's what it feels like to me. You know? You know. It really does. It's like I used to love it so much, you know. It's like watching it's like watching a terminal patient just just or, or a wounded animal that's been, you know, gut shot with an arrow or something, just just limping through the bushes. Will somebody please put this thing down? Please, so I don't have to watch this anymore. Ugh. The culture has changed so much now that I think there are going to be new standards. For example, um, NASA will actually fly humans in uh, spacecraft at some point uh, just to make sure that they're safe for dogs or monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even sure you can say translunar anymore. <laughs> Is it coming back? Oh, oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if, if I understand That's it, right. Arte Artemis three, uh, <laughs> which is supposed to be the it was first. Originally, it was originally a lunar mission, <laughs> but, but then political pressure forced them to rename it a translunar trans mission. Translunar mission. <laughs> uh, my, my mistake. So the computers, uh, <laughs> by the way, don't work the same because they're non-binary. But anyway, go ahead. No, 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 well, that, 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 there you go. NASA, because <laughs> See, it's a lacking stock. <laughs> Because nobody else could get their 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 act together, NASA chose SpaceX for the the manned portion of Artemis, the landing portion of Artemis three, which is when we're supposed to send a crew of four uh, into lunar orbit and then send two people to the lunar surface, and they're supposed to stay there for uh, for a week or longer. So this is going to be you know a much longer stay than we've had before, and a much more comfortable stay too. These are larger, much more uh, modern vehicles. Assuming uh, the fuel pumps work. Assuming, yes. Well, if I understand the way they're going to do this correctly, uh, well, if I understand correctly the way they're going to do this, because Starship is not man-rated. In fact, you know, Starship hasn't had a, even an orbital flight yet, but it is going to be the landing vehicle. Um, Musk is going to put 
a starship into Earth orbit, refuel it in Earth orbit from another starship that he'd previously yeah, launched. And then he's going to send a starship to orbit the moon. And then Artemis three is going to take off and meet up with starship in lunar orbit. Two of the crew will transfer from uh, the Artemis capsule to, uh, which is uh, Orion, I think, will transfer from Orion to Starship. Starship will land on the moon. They'll spend their <laughs> week down there. Starship will will re-enter lunar orbit, meet up with the Orion capsule, which will then return to Earth. Um, here's here's the real deal, though. Uh, the fuel is that boils Chief Engineer Rube Goldberg's plan? No, no, no. He's, you need to take this seriously, Scott. Sorry. The, the latest development plan is that the starship will land vertically on the moon. The nose cone of the starship will open. A large arm will come out. It will pick up the Artemis lander from the from the top of the starship, reach over, and place it down on the lunar surface. And then after the two weeks go by, then the arm will come back down again, pick up the lander, put it inside the starship, nose cone will close, and, and they'll fly safely back to Earth. So, Mission accomplished. So, um Here's the here's where it really gets tricky though. Uh, this whole idea of re, of uh, refueling in in space is great because we're going to need to do this for longer missions. The problem is the fuel boils off in space, hmm. and you've got mm -hmm. about a hundred days before that fuel tank, your re, your gas station, has run dry. And of course, the longer it's up there, the 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 drier it gets. And you know how much you're going to have left to top off. It gets less and less every day for a hundred days. So. If Starship takes off and is uh, uh, waiting for Artemis and oh. we get more of these delays with the yeah. SLS, the amount of fuel that they have budgeted for that for that refueling gets less and less the longer the SLS is delayed. So. Are you, I thought you were joking. Are you serious no, that they're going serious. to be refueling oh, yeah. from Starships? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just cut out the Artemis? <laughs> Well, that's going to happen eventually. I, I, I said on Instapunted earlier this week, you know, look, uh, I'm glad that SLS has finally flown after all these delays uh, and everything, but I hope it never flies again. Yeah. Um, I think, really, that, they're really going to do that. They're going to use Starships to refuel Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually hilarious to me. I yeah. just find that hilarious. Why not just put an extra big fairing on the top of the starship? <laughs> put the NASA logo on there. Strap it on the back of the booster. That'd be even better. If put, I, put the put the Artemis on one side. That put the Orion capsule. Strap it to one side of the starship, and then put maybe on the other side. I don't know what the equivalent weight of ballast would be in concrete blocks or something. You know, and, and then just get her up there that way. I think uh, if Elon Musk <sighs> were allowed just one day like on the NASA board or as the head of NASA and they started describing the plan that Steve just described, Musk would go, listen, I want Quonset huts on the moon in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, he, and he'd get them. And yeah. so if he, there, there is some talk about, about SpaceX managing Artemis. And if that actually happens, then the answer is just simple. Whatever money is budgeted for Artemis, why would you build one Artemis shuttle reusable engine that was designed in the 1970s yeah. and costs a, you know $25 million or, 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 or whatever, or 40, when you could buy 60 or 80 <clears throat> Raptors? Why would you spend the money on that? Right. It's insane. You know, I think and, if they keep and, flying a lot of those Artemis missions. Um, eventually, we will be able to walk across the Atlantic Ocean on discarded boosters. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, the serious part of this is 
NASA did this to itself, right? I I, I, I had the NASA vector tattooed on the on the on my heart. And and I watched I just watched it get worse and worse and worse. The space shuttle program was it, it was itself a complete absolute catastrophe. Yeah. We built the space station, which we couldn't use for planetary exploration because we had to put it into a highly inclined enough orbit so the Russians could get to it. So so we had to destroy the space station in order to save it, basically. And then and then and then I was I stayed with NASA through Challenger because even though Challenger was the result of human error and complacency, I said to myself, human error and complacency is part of the human condition. Yep. This is something you have to learn. Now that you've learned it, go fly in space. But when Columbia yeah, happened, yeah. I said, that's all. Yeah. Not not the day, or, or I, I wrote an essay on that that was one of my favorite essays about, about Columbia. I wrote that the day that Columbia burned up. But after two or three months goes by and you find out, no, no, no. No, they knew the foam was a problem. Yeah. And, when, and when they saw that foam strike on the Columbia mission, a number of engineers, Morton Thiokol in 1986, the engineers responsible for the, for the SRBs, we're saying you cannot launch this rocket today in these temperatures. It will not. It will not take it. Well, we're overdue for the teacher in space, so well, it didn't blow up last time. So okay, fine. So now you have the Columbia disaster where this foam comes off, a huge piece of foam shatters on the leading edge of the wing, and there are flight controllers who are begging this flight director. I forget her name now. Begging her. You please, 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 whatever you do, please call the Air Force and get them to image the leading edge of this thing. We've got technology that easy. It's not even hard. And prep another shuttle call. to get up there and rescue these people. Or at least, at least, at least try, try. right? Yeah, try. And she, and, and she said pretty much verbatim, I'm not going to ask them to image the thing, right? Wow. This is, uh, I'm, I'm the flight director. I'm not going to ask them to image it. If the thing is fatally damaged, then there's nothing we can do about it. Okay. That's it. I'm out. I'm done. Because she I'm didn't want to break the people. bad news to the astronauts or what? Well, she didn't. She she just plain refused. And nobody knows why. Hmm. But but there's a great line. It's it, And the reason it's a great line is it's a true line in, in, the, in the right stuff when John Glenn is flying his uh, orbital flight. He's supposed to do seven orbits. And after the first or second orbit, they get a, 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 a indicator light saying that his heat shield is loose. Bop, 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 bop. And, and, and they're having the conversation with the rocket engineers. And they're, well, there's no reason to tell them. It's not going to make any difference one way mm. or another. And, and Alan Shepard says, for, says he, he, this man is a pilot. You advise him of the condition of his aircraft. That's right. Right? Yeah. And it's like, damn right. Okay. So this, this attitude, when, 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 when I found out the details of Columbia and how Columbia went, I just said, I'm done with this agency. I'm done with them. It's not what it used to be. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's like if you're a huge Simpsons fan from seasons three to 10 or 11, and now you watch season 35 and it's just, it's just painful. It just hurts. And, and, and that's why I haven't watched Simpsons in 25 years because I loved them so much. Yeah. Back when they were the Simpsons. Well, we do have the next uh, Starship launch to look forward to, and um, that will be TV worth watching, uh, TV worth paying for, as the, the, we used to say on public TV. Um, so and, we can't stream that one live if we can work Yeah, and so, I mean, I don't know if everybody who's watching us now is as much of a, of a geek about this, but I try not to miss a single SpaceX launch. I don't get to see them live most Man. of the time because of the time of when I work, but um, I always kind of... 
uh, I get I see the video from afterward and I uh, scroll across until I see the fire and then I back up a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> last thing, last thing I'll say on this and I'll close it out. There, there, there was footage of one of the latest was one of the last Starship tests before the government came in to slow SpaceX down enough for their boondoggle to have its day in the sun. Mm. And it, it was either the last Starship flight or the second to last Starship flight, but there's a view from below this thing, telephoto view, and this thing is just coming down straight down like this, and, and it's all reflective. And then this thing kicks in like this, and you see the rocket, yes. and I said, that cannot be real. I know, it looks so they've, fake. They've overdone the computer graphics. It cannot <laughs> yeah. be real. Anyway, what, what? When, the, when, when, when Mechazilla first catches a rocket in flight and just goes, yeah. Then we'll be like, ah, oh, we don't have to wait a hundred days. Oh, we have to have wait a hundred days for 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 the fuel to evaporate because the next spaceship, the next starship up there, will be there in a hundred minutes. When you're like, yeah. that's impossible. How could they possibly do that? Hey, they've been landing rockets on a bobbing barge and and hitting within a, within a couple of feet of the X in the middle of the thing. Yeah, they can do it. Oh, <laughs> they can do they, it. They sure as hell can. Ugh. My only question is, is every time I see artwork of the starship on the moon, I get very nervous, very nervous. It's like, I do not like the CG placement of this arrangement. I do not like where the center of gravity is. This, you know what my mind does? My mind says, I swear to God, my mind says, man, if the slightest breeze comes along, <laughs> that thing's just going to go over. <laughs> Good thing the slightest breeze isn't going to come along. Yeah, I guess he's probably factored that in. Oh, my. It's it's hard for us to imagine. And I read this book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about the Lunar Rover program. And it's just so hard to picture until you see the video of it of like here on Earth, even on a relatively still day, if I let some dust fall out of my hand, it would it would move. It would go horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> on the moon, when the dust flies up, it just drops down. It just <laughs> it, it flows like water. And yeah. that's how you know you're on the moon because dust behaves like that only in a vacuum. It's awesome. Well, good luck, NASA. Go Artemis. <laughs> go go Pyrus. <laughs> Project Pyrus. 